Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from our speaker. Turn your Bibles, you would, to Mark. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Um, my wife was typing this up. I, I have her type it, and I put it in my Bible, folded in there, so everything's nice and neat. Okay, And uh, she says... That's too political. I said, well, you haven't, you haven't heard the whole thing yet. You know? And uh, I'm not mentioning anybody's name as far as politics, but I am going to be talking a little about political things. So, uh, but on the other end, why, it'll come back home. So don't get excited if I start saying things you don't like. Um, okay, Mark 3, verse 1. And uh, the name of my message is, They Want Control. They Want Control. And... Uh, and uh, Mark 3, 1 says, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And they saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. Let's pray. Father, help me tonight with this message. And I sure enjoyed it preparing it. I hope everybody enjoys hearing it. But uh, there is a message to it. And, Lord, we, uh, we just need you. Need you in our lives. Need you in our country. And, uh, God, everything that's going on in the world. Please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, they watched him. These Pharisees were watching Jesus. Watching to see what he was going to do. And I promise you, they're watching us, folks. I mean, if you're letting it be known that you're a Christian, they're just waiting for you to slip and say a bad word or do something wrong. They're watching us. But they watch Jesus close. And, and the question in verse 4 is really a no-brainer. It's really a no-brainer. Is it always good to save lives and heal? I say yes. It's, but, but these hypocrite Pharisees said it's against the law. And that's what a bunch of Pharisees right now in our country is trying to make out of church and, and people and this separation of church and state and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, they're trying to say all this stuff's against the law. Um, I heard on the radio today where uh, somebody, somebody saying something, maybe you all heard it, about the separation of church and state. And he said, I'm an atheist. And I'm, I, I had a smirk on his face. He said, I'm not afraid to burn in hell. Well, he will be one day. Amen. Yeah, yeah. He, he, can, he can talk tough now, but just wait till you get there. Uh, but uh, these kinds of people are trying to take away uh, rights. Uh, they're t- trying to take away the rights of God-fearing people today, and these rights were given to us by God. And uh, if they take them away, I'd be surprised. I know they're going to attempt to. They're going to attempt to. Personally, I don't want to give up free speech. I want to be able to say what I want when I want to say it. I want to be able on occasion stand up here. What a blessing it is to be able to preach up here. You just don't know. Uh, but I, want, I don't want the government coming in or saying you can't do it. There was a policeman sitting across the street a long time, and I think he was waiting for Debbie to get out of the car. And I went out and told her, don't get out until he leaves. But, but anyway, uh, free speech. Free speech. Uh, I'm glad. I want free speech. I don't want that taken away from me. Uh, I don't want my Second Amendment taken away, the right to protect myself, the right to carry a gun, to own a gun. I, I don't want that taken away. Um, and want a right to assemble and preach the gospel. I like, like being able to come into church and not having to worry or going in somebody's basement under the ground like a lot of they do in other countries. But I don't want that right taken away from me. Now, there are people in authority in our government that want to shut people 
like me up and people like you up. Uh, but uh, I'm not shutting up. Amen? I'm not shutting up. And the same thing they tried to do to Jesus. They wanted to destroy him. That was their goal, was to destroy him and shut him up. And uh, Mark 3, 6 says, And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. <clears throat> you know what Jesus did? Kept doing his Father's will. You know what we got to do? Keep doing God's will. No matter what comes at us, no matter how many darts are throwing at us, we just need to keep doing God's will. Mark 3, 7 says, but Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and from Jerusalem and from Edomia and from beyond Jordan. And they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came to him. Uh, uh, multitudes of people, a bunch of people uh, was coming, you know, was wanting to get near him, wanting to get close to him. They wanted to be healed. They wanted, wanted to be blessed. See, uh, these multitudes of people had heard it. They were crippled and they were sick and there was a lot of things going on. And many of them had an unclean spirit. That means they were demon-possessed, amen? Uh, and uh, and uh, they, well, they wanted to get close to Jesus. And it was, you know, they was kind of putting him in danger. It's like that rock concert downtown years ago where people were trying to get in a door and, and, and people fell down and they were trampled to death. Uh, nobody intentionally killed anybody, but some of them got killed. Uh, and they were, you know, people, the, the place was, uh, they used the word thronged. That's what happened to, uh, to Jesus. He was thronged by people. People were all around him, couldn't hardly move. And they just wanted to touch him so they could be healed. They didn't mean him any harm. Jesus ordained 12 disciples. Why did he do that? Well, he just couldn't reach everyone himself. You got to remember, when Jesus was on earth at this point, he was a man. He didn't come down here as Almighty God, although he was God, but he come down here as a man. And the reason why he did all the things that he did is because he was so full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost because he was sinless. And he could raise people from the dead, and he could heal the sick, and he could do all these things. Well, why did he adorn these 12 disciples? Well, for the same reason. Mark 3.14, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and have the power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. He wanted these disciples to be so obedient and be so full of the Holy Ghost that they could do the same things that he was doing. That was, that was what he wanted to do. They wanted him to represent, they wanted the disciples to represent Jesus. And this is exactly what God expects from us Christians. He expects us to represent him. That's why we have to walk, watch how we live and how we talk and how we, how we act. Uh, uh, we need to represent Jesus and tell everybody that will listen to us how they can be saved. By the way, I didn't know if you know it or not, but we are disciples. We are disciples. All a disciple is is someone that tells the story of Jesus, that gives people the gospel. And, uh, and we are, are expected to be disciples. Now, these disciples had three functions. To be with Jesus to be sent out to preach, uh, to share Jesus' mastery over physical and spiritual disorder. That was, that was what they were supposed to be doing. We seem to get all mixed up, the, the, the physical versus the spiritual. Uh, I believe in supernatural stuff. I mean, I do. I mean, I, I, I've seen it. I've been around it. Now, you know, not everything is physical. I don't have, here, everybody that's cured of a bad disease 
I'm not going to give the doctor all the credit. I'll give them a lot of credit, but I'm not going to give them all the credit. It's, it's God that's doing it. It's Jesus Christ that's doing it. And uh, when I pray for people in the hospital, I was out with Rinda. When I pray for people in the hospital before she had surgery, I said, now, God, I know these doctors and nurses are trained. I know they're good at what they do. I know they do this all the time, but we need you in this. And that's right. And that's right. So I believe in the supernatural. Uh, I think that things happen that are unexplainable by humankind. And that's supernatural. Jesus and his disciples were so in, in so demand that they had a hard time getting time to eat. At the people thronging them, being close to them and wanting to be healed and, and, and they get over their sickness and, and casting out demons. They had a hard time eating. Mark 3.20 says, And the multitude cometh together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. Um... Now, Jesus' friends, they kind of thought he was nuts. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, uh, uh, well, look at Mark 3.21. I, I kind of quoted it that way. Um, I, I kind of analyzed it that way. And when his friends heard of it, they went out and lay hold on him, for they said he is beside himself. When you're beside yourself, I'd say, say you're nuts. Amen? I mean, so, <laughs> you're not thinking right, man. You know, but, uh, uh, but let me ask you this. Does the world ever think you guys are nuts? Don't answer me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, for your Christian stance I'm talking about. They think I'm nuts anyway. But uh, I'm just saying, do they think you're kind of a little goofy because you don't cuss and tell the dirty jokes and drink the booze and all that kind of stuff? I hope so. I hope they think that way of you. I hope they think that way of me. Uh, they think you're nuts because of your faith. I, here. Um, America's changed in the last 15 years. Uh, Few put God first anymore. Very few people put God first anymore. Uh, politicians pray on television, but they never mention the name of Jesus. It's not politically correct. They just have to talk to God. Little do they know you can't talk to God unless you go through Jesus. We know that. Amen? All the fundamentalists said? Amen. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's one mediator between man and God, uh, between man and God, and that's Christ Jesus. That's, that's what the Bible teaches us. So we have to go through Jesus to, to get to God. And uh, we have to go through him for salvation to get to God. We have to go through him for prayer to get to God. Uh, that's just the way it is, see. Uh, if one politician is a born-again Christian, they ought to pray in Jesus' name. That's, that's kind of the way I look at it. Probably be kicked out of office. Uh, I preached a funeral. A lady in a nursing home that I've been preaching at 14 years passed away. And her family wanted me to preach a funeral because her and, her and I got to be buds. I mean, well, we had a good time there. And uh, so anyway, I preached a funeral, and, uh, and she was a Christian, born-again Christian, but she had Jewish relatives. And I'm in there preaching up a storm, saying, oh, the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, you know, and I gave them verses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they wasn't real happy with me, uh, uh, but uh, they stood next to me in the back as I was shaking hands with people, and, uh, and I knew that I, I could tell that they were uncomfortable with me standing there, but they were polite. You know, I mean, they were educated and they were polite. You, you, can, you can disagree with somebody and still be polite. Amen? Now, and by the way, our country was founded on Christian principles. A lot of people forget that. It was founded on Christian principles. And here, our churches are closing down. Church pews aren't full anymore. But the bars are full. The casinos are full. Kings Island is full. The concerts down on the riverside is full. The devil, devil's just having a ball in me. He's just having a great time. Uh, 
we are so divided. We're divided as, as, as a nation. We're divided, Mark 3, 24. And if a kingdom is be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And our families are divided. Our home is divided. And if a house be divided against itself, it cannot stand, Mark 3, 25. Um, I want you to know, I'm not, a lot of this stuff isn't my opinion. Bible, Bible says the same thing. And that's exactly what's happened to America. That's exactly what, here, when homes are divided and churches are divided and a country's divided, uh, it's all because of sin. It's all because of sin. And I'm not just talking about unsaved people. I'm talking about Christians. And uh, it's all because of sin that lives in the people. Um, we Christians need to turn this around. We need to turn this thing around. Proverbs 14, 34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And that's right. We have people wanting to be president that favors communism. Do you believe that in the United States of America? They favor communism and, uh, versus our form of government. I can't believe that. It's just hard for me to pick up on that. They call it socialism. But I'm going to tell you something. Socialism is the appetizer. Communism is the main course. That's just the way it is. They can call it anything they want to, but it's communism. And uh, lots of people want to exalt a man as a leader. They want to put him, exalt him, and, and, and almost worship a leader. That's what they want to do. And they want a man to provide their every need. Remember Adolf Hitler? He did that, didn't he? Germany was in a bad depression. People were hungry in Germany. And he took it over and promised them everything, and he delivered on it for his seasons. Sin has a good time for his season, doesn't it? Um, Mark 3.28 says, Verily I say unto you, All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall be blasphemed. I'm glad we got a patient God. He's awful patient with us, isn't he? He is. He is very patient with us. But there is a line that man can cross. There is a line that you can cross where uh, you're, you're in, in, in hot water. These scribes, in verse 22, and the Pharisees, in verse 6, said, He hath an unclean spirit. Here we're talking about the Son of God here. These people are saying that he has a demon. Talking about the Son of God. Uh, this shows the mind of the men that should have known better being tragically close to God's presence in Jesus Christ. Boy, don't let ever get, don't ever let the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit get so weak in us that we can't recognize somebody that we should be listening to and getting wisdom from a man of God. Uh, we don't want to ever get to that point. And uh, in Mark chapter 3, uh, this is the sin that war Jesus uh, warns against uh, consists in a deliberate and psychological irrevocable spurning of God's redeeming and cleansing power. Um, and going here, and going as far as to see Jesus, uh, the incarnation of a demon. There's something wrong with this. What's wrong with these people? And people get so far out there. I told you, uh, I think, I don't know when I told you, but uh, uh, Andy and I knocked on a, some doors down on a street in Norwood, about 15, 20 houses, I guess, and, and two of them within two houses of each other were atheists. They were atheists. They, they told us they didn't believe. Um, but what do they believe? Everybody believes in something. God's put it in man's heart to believe in something here. Uh, but when you go, say, go as far as saying that Jesus uh, 
is the incarnation of a demon. You know what you've just done? You committed the unpardonable sin. I have people ask me, what's the unpardonable sin? You just heard it. You just heard it. Profaning God's name is a deadly business, too. Using the Lord's name in vain and profaning his name, that's, that's dangerous stuff. Now, in Mark 3.29, it says, But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. We, I don't think anybody in this room will ever get to that point, but there are people that do. There are people that do that will blame uh, uh, you know, give the devil credit for something God's doing. Uh, that's, that's dangerous stuff. Now, it's okay to admire leaders. If you've got a leader, and, and no matter where you are, I don't care if it's in a city or in a county or uh, uh, federal, it's okay to admire leaders. There's not a thing wrong with that. It's okay to exalt them to some degree, to some degree. But if they're more important to man than God, that can be tragic. Because he is a jealous God. He don't want anybody to be more important to you than him. And just because we can see him and touch him doesn't mean that they're more important than somebody we can't see and touch. These people in Mark chapter 3 had such a perverse heart that they were cut off. Listen to this. They were cut off from saving grace. Can you believe that? You really have to be bad. See, God gives the guilty party over to that ruler. You put somebody in front of you. I, I don't, it can be a club. It can be a fraternal organization. It can be a, 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 any kind of an organization. I don't belong to any organization. I belong to church. That's all. But, and if you do, that's, that's fine. I just don't want to. But if you take a leader of any organization and put them, spend more time with them, put importance on them, I'll skip church to go to that meeting, I'll do this to go to that meeting, uh, I won't go so with them because I gotta go to that meeting. Uh, you're barking up the wrong tree. Plain and simple. Because God will give the guilty party over to the ruler who the man has chosen to elevate among, above the Son of God. If God sees you, repeatedly, year after year, year after year, year after year, exalting somebody else besides him. He'll give you over to him. He'll give you over to him. Let's go, remember Adolf Hitler? I think I said that before. Remember Adolf Hitler? The Germans got hungry, followed Hitler in blind faith. You let this country get hung, uh, hungry enough, and you'd be surprised how many people will follow a leader, uh, whatever, whoever's elected at the time, in blind faith and do anything they want you to do and be back in slavery and be just uh, here you know a lot of people I talk to a lot of people they think well socialism will work socialism will work uh, it just hasn't been applied right well go over tell the people in the outlying areas of China and and, and the outlying areas of Russia and uh, and uh, what's that other place next to Russia that uh, Trump's supposed to what's the name of that Ukraine. huh Ukraine yeah you go over there and that here they show they show uh, uh, in Russia, they show the Kremlin and all the pretty and all that kind of stuff and all the people in it wearing ties and that looking good. And same way in China, you don't see the outland areas. You don't know the pe see the people starving to death and the slavery and so on and so forth that's going on over there. Uh, talk to some missionaries. Talk to some missionaries, I'll tell you. Uh, so anyway, uh, let me say this. Okay, I'm off the rant. Let's go to this. We, Chris we Christians can delay the rapture. 
say, why would we want to do that? Because there's people that's not saved, probably in your family. It might be your children and your grandchildren. There's a lot of people out there who say, why, delay the rapture? Well, I want to go to heaven. So do I. But there's a lot of people I don't want to see left. We can delay the rapture. How can we do that? Well, fasting. You can fast. You can pray on a regular basis for all souls. You can cry out to God for Holy Ghost power. You can do that on a daily basis, and we should be doing that. Have a time dedicated to knock doors and tell people how to go to heaven and how to miss hell. It's serious business, folks. We're not doing it anymore. Churches aren't doing it anymore. Used to, I used to go out on soul winning on Saturday, and I'd run into another church somewhere. Hey, how you doing? You know, they'd be on the other side of the street. Hey, well, I'll go to the next street, and you can have this one. I haven't seen a soul winner in years other than the person who was with me. It, it's, it's not good, folks. And we need to get back to it. Need to get back to it. It's a matter of bringing back that old-time religion. That's a good song, too. Give me that old-time religion. But that's a good one. Clap your hands and get with it, man. Act like a Pentecostal. I love it. But uh, that's a good song. And we need to bring that back. We need to bring that back. Uh, uh, here's a familiar verse for you. The Lord said unto Solomon, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. You hear me quote that verse quite often, I know, and I'm going to keep quoting it. Uh, that is a good, that, that, that tells Christians what they ought to be doing, what they ought to be doing. Man, I tell you what, man, we do need to humble ourselves. We need to pray and, and, and win souls and, and seek a space every chance we get. See, America needs to be woke up, and we're the only ones that can do it in churches like ours. This little crowd ain't going to wake America up. We can wake up the neighborhood, amen? <laughs> but uh, uh, no, America needs to be woke up to reality here. The nation was founded on Christian principles, and I'll tell you what, everything else is going on besides Christianity. 1 Corinthians 1.21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I'll tell you what, uh, we ought to be at, if, if there's a, a, a revival going on in town somewhere, on Monday and Tuesday, we ought to be there. We ought to hear preaching. We need more preaching, preaching, preaching. The more we, um, preacher lit this place up Sunday morning, man, I'm about ready to run the aisle. Man, he was like, getting with it, man. I, ain't kidding. I told a preacher, do that again. And he probably will, Sonny, because he's, he's over to getting cranked up himself. But, but uh, no, nah, the foolishness of preaching. They, you know, uh, the world calls it foolishness, and they do. I've had them tell them, so much as tell me out there in, in the neighborhoods and everything. I ain't going to go and listen to all that stuff. Uh, they, they think it's foolish. But, boy, I'll tell you what, I've seen an awful lot of people over my years being in church. I've seen altars full and the baptism going crazy. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saved over the foolishness of preaching. Amen? You know what? Uh, I'm done, actually, with the message. But I wrote this down uh, thinking, you know what wouldn't hurt us? It wouldn't hurt us to go up to uh, Cowan Lake or Houston Woods, rent us a cabin, not take a computer, don't take a TV, don't take a radio, and put your stupid cell phone in a glove box and lock the car and go in there for a couple of days and spend time with God. It wouldn't hurt us to do that. And that's the way it used to be. It didn't have all this stuff to distract us. Uh, 
We just need to spend a couple of days with God and get our hearts right and then come back and put it into action. And uh, that's my message for tonight. I just got... Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.